This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. We're hot. We're fun. We're crying. But we're trying. We've got looks. We've got books. Also, we're sad. Sad Sad girls girls who read. read. This week on Sad Girls Who Read, we're covering a murder mystery by Rebecca Mackay, author of a Pulitzer Prize finalist for The Great Believers. The book we're reading this week is called I Have Some Questions for You, and the Associated Press said it best, quote unquote. It's a sleekly (laughs) plotted literary murder mystery. Mackay has written a complicated whodunit, fueled by feminist rage as Bodhi relentlessly interrogates her past and recalls the countless murders of girls and women whose stories have been all but lost in our collective memory. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> thank you, Associated Press, for doing our job for us. Yes, thank you. It was very eloquent. We love Welcome it. Welcome back, sad girls. Welcome it's back. Saturday, March 18th, the day after St. Patrick's Day. Did you yes. celebrate? No, I did not celebrate. I celebrated by going to PT. How was it? It was fine. And I celebrated by walking around in Midtown for an audition. That gives me anxiety. Uh, yeah, there's people like running into me, throwing up on the sidewalk. I felt so old. I've never felt so old as I did yesterday. St. Patrick's Day. For St. Patrick's Day. I remember when I used to be young. I went out in Los Angeles in like my young 20s in a... A lot. No, it was a mint green wig. Like oh I definitely God. did that too. That's kind of amazing. That I accidentally wore green yesterday, and I was so embarrassed. Wow! How dare you? I looked across from me, and two people on the subway train had those really tacky, like touristy St. Patrick's Day shirts on, and I was horrified. I remember when I first moved to the city many years ago. I went out at 9 a.m. Like That's was drinking green beer at 9 a.m. Iconic. It's gross. I've only had green beer once. It's fine. Keith celebrated. He had a Guinness and a shot of Irish whiskey. Oh, I love Ireland. I did wear my clada. You did. I wore it. You turn it out if your heart does not belong to someone. And mm. if it does, you turn it in. So as you're walking around Ireland, like you can kind of tell who's single or not based on their rank. Well, that's wild. When you say my heart belongs, there's a musical theater song that's my heart belongs to daddy. Daddy. Which is scary. I mean, that's... That's given me something. That's I don't know what trauma. it is. I don't know if it's trauma, chills. <laughs> that's giving If I'm horny. That's giving a lot. Anything goes. How was our week? Why were you a sad girl this week? Why was I a sad girl? Yeah, this is going to be a new segment we do. Why are we sad girls this week? I had a pretty sad girl week. I am an actor, as some of y'all know. And I just had a lot of auditions, which is good. It's she good found out she didn't win an Oscar. It was I upsetting. Found out I didn't win my eighth academy award how dare i just had a lot of auditions and i put a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of energy i got a call back for one of them but i was like in midtown every day this week with like full hair and makeup and i don't think i booked one of those jobs i really do have to shout out my actor friends it is i think it must be 
so demoralizing to put that much work into an audition and then to not get it and then to put that much work into it again and to not get it yes and I think you have to really love the craft to keep doing this you do and I love it so much and honestly like being in the room for the callback because auditions have been on zoom for three years because of COVID but going in the room is so amazing and like being there was like 15 people in my callback and I just it felt like an audience I love an audience oh and I just like was like I love being in the room and like singing in person and like doing it but then you go home and you're like shit I didn't get that one either did I something's coming I know I just I know it's coming for you sad and like ready to and it's valid that you feel sad thank you you put a lot of work into that thank you but I have been coping this how have, week. Yeah, how have you been coping? Reading, honestly. We love books as coping. And Allegra, why are you a sad girl this week? Or are you a sad girl? Tell me about it. I feel like this is the first week of my life that I wasn't mentally ill. <laughs> Not the first week of your life <laughs> since the, birth. For the first time in my life, I'm not sad. Time. No, wow. I actually did get sad this week, but I feel more of an annoyed girl right now, and I'm going to mm. make everyone listen to my grievances. First grievance of the day, mm-hmm. the fucking New York subway. The weekend, it is. Okay, the weekend's hard, but let me tell you what happened. If you live in New York, you can relate, so I'm going to walk you through this very quickly. So if you get off at certain subway stops, you have a longer walk. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, like, I've asked this question before, would you rather transfer and have not as long as a walk when you Mm -hmm. get there or don't transfer, but you have a much longer walk? So I tried to cheat the system, Mm -hmm. and I got off at Grand Central, and I tried to get on the C train so that my walk was shorter. Turns out that the C train in Grand Central was a full, like, probably 12 minutes walk. I didn't know that Grand Central was that big. I thought I could just, like, pop onto the C. Had to wait there. Got on the A. I thought it was local. It was express. So I'm running with our neon sign off of the train. Yeah, we hung our neon sign. Okay, whatever. So then I get to Starbucks. The Starbucks line takes forever. Normally, I'm able to, you know, regulate in these situations. I was not a Karen, but boy, did I want to be. So the line was, like, literally 10 minutes long, and this man in front of me goes to order, and he's like, I'll have a breakfast sandwich. And the woman's like, sir, we have like 10 different breakfast sandwiches. And he's like, oh, well, um, sir, get out of line. I've been waiting for 10 minutes. You stood in front of the sandwich tray. You know there are different sandwiches. Sweet man. The woman's like, do you want bacon? Do you want sausage? I want my coffee. Yeah. I've been on three different trains. Yeah. And I've been in line for 10 minutes. Whatever. Then I had to get on two different trains to come here. I just feel like it's exhausting living in New York sometimes. It is exhausting. It's and- just fucking exhausting also i cannot stress enough how bad the subways are on the weekends it's like so, it's and way then it's different crowded i have these huge signs i'm carrying this woman's like you're hitting me with your backpack and i'm like i am trying i'm trying my best this is what i miss about los angeles the ability to drive i want to drive i miss driving so much i like being able to walk to the subway and not having to drive though it makes me feel more safe that i don't have to worry about like drinking and driving well i was and- just thinking that too it yeah. definitely is safer yeah so that was my annoyance but that was really only today for a couple of hours i wasn't really sad this week to be honest a little bit sad about dating we'll give y'all an update i did dm <laughs> she's Dom gabriel into his DMs. he hasn't read it it's because i'm not verified and well now you can buy verifications so. just every time i tell someone that he just won a reality tv show they're like you are fucking nuts allegra i know you you shoot for the stars because I deserve the stars. He would be lucky. No, so, and then I posted an Instagram story and tagged him and he hearted this story, but okay. hasn't read the message. Okay. And I know what he did because I do it on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll sometimes just look at who's tagged me and I'll just, just like, like heart, heart it heart, to heart. engage. Tom, if you hear this, just like 
So Open next week message. we need to take another measure. What is it? We're I mean show up at his house. We're showing up at his house. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing my research and his address is I'm kidding. No, but I just I want him to see it. I did get sad. I went into therapy and I said, I'm so sad. That's okay. How are you coping? I don't know. I think what's really been helping me recently is trying not to perseverate about things not even OCD related, because obviously that's, you know, a thing that you and I contend with, but just trying not to perseverate on the future. Mm. So I'm, I'm trying very much so to be in the here and now. Mm-hmm. So I would say more of like a mental coping this mm. week. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's. And then I also think that work has been a distraction. I know that distraction is not always a great thing, but sometimes it is sometimes to really is. move toward things that you love. And like this week has been so full of work that I freaking love and adore yeah and that's been so helpful for me it feels Gives super values based allegra yes. was not mentally ill this week was the takeaway she had a few qualms but overall overall good week i don't meet diagnostic criteria oh my god fires therapist fire psychiatrist literally comes back knocking the next day yeah i don't need you anymore it's so funny my ocd is very tied to my hormones in my 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 cycle oh it's so and like common. two weeks of the month i am not me and I am a nightmare. And then two weeks, I'm like, I'm the happiest. I don't I've need I've never you. had OCD I don't need in my therapy. life. I'm not depressed. I am not anxious. And I'm like, the next week, I'm like, ah. But it's good to notice that. So I haven't been getting my period. Mm-hmm. We'll also talk about it. There, there's something wrong with my hormones. We're figuring it out. My pituitary gland. But I used to always be able to tell when I was regular when my OCD was coming. LOL. Because I would just be like the few days before my period, raging anxiety, raging thoughts. Yes. And then my period would come and it felt like such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm not crazy. Yeah, so now I I don't get that as much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do have like, I would say every six months, I have two weeks where my brain just like pops off. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's biology. I don't know if it's... My brain remembering. I have no idea. Happens to me too. You don't have to know. I relate to the hormones. God. Totally. Hormonal gals. So let's talk about this the book. book. This book was. Again, not what we expected. No, I know. We keep picking these books because they're like we bestsellers. We clearly don't know popular, anything about them. And then they end up being so sad girls. So on, on, on par brand. with what we need. But also, I got lost in this book. And this this is what my trouble was. I read the majority of this in like a couple days and then I waited a day and then I read the mm-hmm. end, which I would not do next time. You Be- were hooked. Why wouldn't you do it? Because I, I, I wish I had finished it all at once because the day that I didn't read, I like fucking forgot it. I feel like you do forget very easily. No, what is wrong with me? Dementia. I, I actually have OCD about being forgetful. <laughs> I, so, I literally was just thinking. So thanks for calling me out. And I was literally just thinking she's going to be anxious about this. 100% I'll be anxious for the next year. For me, first impressions were that it was a little bit hard to get into. And I know what you're going to say. You say that about every book. I don't because Lessons in Chemistry, page one, I was totally into. The pacing felt a little bit slow at the beginning. I, I think I needed a little bit more but I like what you said. I texted you and you said, I think she's just setting us up. It felt like she was setting us up a little bit too long. What did you think? Maybe I could have jumped into the action like 50 pages before she did. Thank you. Yes. Which is a lot. 50 yeah. pages is a lot. But I like a slow, steady burn. Like that's my... That's your jam. That's my jam. You like it like to hit you in the face with a frying pan like right I off do. the bat. I do. I also really like to read like memoirs and really painful stories. I, I just want it. She's like grinning very big while she I know. says painful I stories. I love painful 
Am I a sociopath? Definitely. You should look into that. You should see Lori. someone. Wait, her name's Lori? Uh, I'll never tell anyone my therapist's last name, and I will fully admit this because I will never let anyone else see her. It, Lori is 100% yeah. my girl, and I get so territorial. So many friends have asked, can I see your therapist? No. Mm. And I know some people don't care. I totally care. I care, and like I'm jealous, and, like, and I'm, I'm a jealous And I'm so jealous. Yeah. There's only room in your life for me. For me, and I'm your favorite client, and I must Always. make you laugh every session, and I must be the one who has the most growth and i must be the best so always i don't give out my therapist name but her name is Lori, and, and mine's elizabeth dearly. but Lori and elizabeth you're ours okay we're gonna get into the book so it starts off it with starts off bodie bodie what's her last name kane bodie kane bodie kane returning to her boarding school i did like that she was a podcaster it felt very cool since we are definitely and i don't think i've ever read a book about a podcaster and it made a me teacher like, yeah a professor i should yeah. say an icon I love Bodhi. A feminist icon. A feminist icon. I liked her. I could feel for her. Like her, I definitely her could feel for her. tragic story. Her brother was eight when he accidentally killed his father by pushing him off the f- porch with a spatula. Then the mom joined a, Mor- a Mormon church and the brother jumped off his roof and died. And then the mother completely lost it. So Bodhi's dealing with a, a, a bit lot of, of trauma. trauma. Yeah, so she, she returns to Granby on the premise of her teaching, teaching a couple of classes during yeah. the mini semester, and then she suddenly gets reinvolved with mm. is it Talia or Thalia? That was a big question. Also, I, Jeff or Geoff? It's Jeff. Okay, Allegra. but I, I, I liked Geoff more. No, yeah. I like Talia better. So should we say? Let's Talia? just go with Talia. Sorry, Thalia, if that's your name. I think it just, it felt a little bit too obvious to me that she's getting invited there and then she opens the death up again. But I also think maybe it was burning inside of yeah, her. doesn't that happen though when you return to a place and memories start surfacing? Resurfacing? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it almost felt like there was something that kept bringing her closer to that. You know, like she put Talia's murder as a subject sure. for the podcast. She wanted, it was she wanted her. it to happen it was like burning yeah. to be solved in her it was definitely i feel like it was like kind of ruining her life and like she found some relief from like processing it so we get to granby and i do like also how it flashes back mm-hmm. to high school yeah. years for all of them yeah. and then we're also in the present and there is a contrast sometimes between high school characters and who we are today yeah I thought that was interesting. I think metaphor and description was so strong throughout the entirety of the book. But on page 29, I related to this so much. I'm going to quote. So she goes back to the high school and she says, it was the feeling I still got when I walked into a suburban shopping mall, despite it being decades since groups of teenagers roved the food courts looking for people to ridicule. I was scared like a dog is scared of the spot where a walnut once fell on Mm. his head. Irrationally, viscerally, in a way more tied to memory than possibility. Mm. I loved that. I love that too. I can like feel that in my bones. Yeah, it reminds me of OCD. Like I'll say sometimes if I go back to a place, like even today I went to check on my friend's cats Mm -hmm. and I did that over Christmas break and... I was in a really bad random two-week flare-up of OCD, and I thought about it as I was going over, like, oh, the last time I checked on the cats, this was what's happening. And old Allegra would have been so freaked out that it was going to happen again, because you just remember it. Obviously, Mm. it didn't today. But 
it also reminds me of high school. I don't know about you, but if I go into a food court, like I just felt like that's where people totally. hung out in high school. Yes. It gives me the ick. Yeah. I get a really gross feeling inside. Yeah. So I, she's having to revisit this place where her former roommate was murdered and she had all of these awful high school experiences. Everything's flooding back. Yeah. Which sets the stage for What's her, to come. Yes. Yeah. Getting into this so deeply. Yeah. And I feel like she was catapulted into this case I know you said it It sounds like it was, like, set up, like, how did that all happen? But I do, uh, kind of like our, our, when we talk about, like, magical thinking, like, if you put all the things in place, it's going to happen. Like, if you take the action steps. Like, if you work for something is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, she, she literally put in the description of cases to cover this case. Like, she wanted to talk about she it. She definitely did, yeah. yeah. I think I almost, I think I meant it felt too easy for the author, but I think maybe I'm just being critical mm. of her, but it, it just felt so like murder mystery. Mm. We're going to start a podcast and then we're going to talk. Like it just felt, I think maybe a little bit less unique than I would have liked I it see. to be, but her writing is very, very strong yeah. and it's very unique. I, I think I'm a little bit hung up in plot, but that's okay. So but she goes back she there. She goes back and speaking of OCD, when she's back there. So Aaron thinks that Bodhi has OCD. I think she has OCD. Page 41, she says, my brother Ace died two and a half years ago before I started Granby. On campus, I'd mark certain spots on certain days, his birthday, the anniversary of his death, the day I wanted him to know the Pacers, won the division title, by peeling off a swath of tree bark or stepping on a stone hard into dirt, leaving some marks that would be there later. I'd check in in weeks or months on. Sometimes I'd carve his initials, but more often I'd just slightly alter the world. I mean... When I was little, especially, I used to have things I had to like touch certain things. I had to like the move thing is, so it sounds things. like you felt like you had to. Yeah, I think Bodhi desires doing it. Mm. It it sounds less compulsive to me, and something like it sounds like coping with trauma, and it also sounds like coping with grief from the loss of her brother. So like you if, wouldn't say OCD as much as just like a coping sounds like, mechanism. So when you have trauma, you especially growing up you develop ways to survive. You mm-hmm. have to. And I think part of her surviving, like she talks about, was surveilling the world around her, taking in as much information as possible, knowing something that someone else doesn't, having secrets. And one of these ways of coping was marking certain spots. And then she goes on to say why she does it. She didn't want to feel guilty if she wasn't thinking about her brother and oh. she really wasn't yeah. so which is totally normal by the way not thinking about a dead person doesn't mean that you don't love them anymore yeah a lot of people have that misconception when it comes to grief so I think it was her wanting to put those markers down so she would be forced to think about him and wouldn't feel guilty that's kind of what she was saying and mm. a lot of people feel that way about grief it's almost like I can't move on because then it means I didn't care about them. I can't move through this grief. I must hang on to them being gone and I must hold on to all of this grief or I didn't really care. So that's the way I saw it. I was just watching a show on Apple Plus, Shrinking. Have you seen it? Oof, it's I haven't. It's so good. It's about three therapists. Ooh. Oh my God, it's so good. It's like Tad Lasso kind of tone. It's like feel good. But uh, one of the characters has passed away when the show starts and the daughter and the dad feel like they have to be grieving her 24 7 yeah. like they're bad people that's really really common yeah very common but it's not it's not no it's, reality. it's not it's logical not, at yeah. all you can still deep like that's where the and exists that's why i love both and i love talking about it in therapy like you can 
deeply love someone and be very saddened by the loss of them and you can process the grief and continue moving on with life yeah i feel like you have to you must there simply is no other way so you think bodhi this is a coping thing and yeah i think a lot of this was coping and i think some of it also was trying to feel unique and trying to feel special like the whole phone thing Oh, yeah. So when she could hear people's conversations, I thought it was a little bit creepy. It I can't was creepy. Lie. And I thought it was going to come like back that. to, like, be something that happened, like, pivotal in the story. Yeah. It wasn't. I was like, why are we setting this up? Like, I think she felt like she had something special and unique where she didn't fit in at school. Yeah. I think that was her thing. Well, I knew something that other people didn't. Mm. She was trying to make herself special in some way so the other thing that was interesting like i talked about switching throughout different time periods high school and then now is that the current timeline is 2018 yes right around the time when the me too movement kicked off which i'm so grateful for and there are so many big themes covered in this book racism sexual assault being two very prominent ones And we see how the things that happened during high school would have been called out and would have been so absolutely unacceptable today. Yeah. But in the 90s, it wasn't. You could do anything. Like page 49, Italia-specific bingo card started making the rounds of the boys' dorm bathrooms. A sheet on which they could initial squares that said things like touched outside clothes or underclothes above waist or asked out or fucked. That's disgusting. And that was the least of it. There were so many instances of assault. And then it comes back to a lot of these characters, Beth, Bodie, recognizing that it actually was assault. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't, people weren't talking about it as there assault back then. There was about it. And I loved yeah. the rage that Bodie feels in this book. Yeah. I think you and I can relate to that the so much. Rage. One of my favorite passages, 61. I oh know my God, you related 61. to that as well. Please read that to everyone. Uh, Bodie was checking the news seeing what was happening actually wasn't checking the news i think her husband jerome said please stay off of twitter okay she would feel so much rage okay so then she said and there it was the reason jerome had warned me off of the internet anderson cooper with new developments on a story i'd found particularly disturbing it doesn't matter which story Let's say it was the one where the young actress said yes to a pool party and didn't know. Or no, let's say it was the one where the rugby team covered up the girl's death and the school covered for the rugby team. Actually, it was the one where the therapist spent years grooming her. It was the one where the senator, then a promising teenager, shoved his dick in the girl's face. She was also a promising she teenager. She was also a promising teenager. Ugh. Thank you. It was a one where the billionaire pushed the woman into the phone booth, but no one believed her. The one where the high school senior acquitted of rape because the sophomore girl had shaved her pubic region, which somehow equaled consent. I mean, this passage like really gave me that chills and made me, me nauseous because there was so much happening and so much finally coming out This based yeah. on 2018 and people were finally able to speak about it. And And there's so much to contend with. And that is the rage when that's part of the rage. When is this going to stop? It's everywhere and it's not stopping. And it's interesting because tying it back to our podcast, we don't even know that these themes are going to be coming up in books. They just do because they are so prevalent and relevant right now. I think every single book that we have picked thus far has had sexual assault now. Yeah. I mean, most of them. And that wasn't. 
that was quite literally an accident so people women are finally feeling like they can write about their experiences there was a passage that said anyone can say that anyone can exaggerate and someone said no like you have to believe women like yes yeah. it starts by believing women which is something we'll definitely have to get into with the jasmine situation oh my God, yes so Bodhi is full of rage i think that that rage further propels her so again she has this class for two weeks a podcasting class she sends out a list of ideas to her students and she includes talia keith's death as a topic of course hoping that somebody would pick it and brit does and brit does pick it and brit goes on to frame the podcast or to like the premise of the podcast was that two lives were stolen Mm. the life of talia keith and the life of Omar, Omar Evans, who was imprisoned for the murder of Talia Keith. Falsely accused. Falsely accused. Despite some people not believing that, Omar was the easy one to pin, which obviously was super racially motivated and a lot of other things that we'll get into. But Britt takes on this podcast. Yeah. And then Alder ends up joining her because it becomes so much and yeah. too much to actually handle by herself. And, and because her classmate framed her as a white savior so alder he is a black man Uh uh-huh i love him by the way like so charming i was getting really caught up in the pronunciation of his name the whole alder i'm like what is this but yes brit took this story she thought it was the most interesting and she could dig her teeth into it and alder was helping her but early on i really liked how the author rebecca gave us a hint that she was on to denny block i mean on page 32 she literally says Bodhi was on his trail and I like that she wrote most of the book to him and called him you you. so it felt like she was talking to us and it gave this intimacy that I really have never read in a mystery I think at first it was confused with the you but then once I realized that she was talking to Denny specifically you thought she was talking to you Allegra and that you well yeah I was I don't know I was just confused (laughs) about it but seeds get seeds kept getting planted Mm -hmm. when Fran who was Bodhi's high school friend high school best friend said Denny Block was creepy and she was so flabbergasted at first like was he oh my gosh yeah and like you said I think when you go back to a place that you spent so much time at memories do start coming back in and Bodhi was kind of blinded because she idolized Denny Block like that was her person that was her father figure yeah. again when we when I therapize her later yeah. we're gonna talk about that and we were getting to the end of the book and I was thinking this can't be Denny Block like the author could not have given yeah, this away from the very beginning so easily. I was like a little worried. I was Me like, too. I really hope this Because that would have kind of just like, okay. So then what she does, though, is she goes and gives all these theoretical she theorizes, scenarios. She right? So she number does, one. Number, number two. one, it's Omar, and she goes through of how he would have killed her. Number two, Talia. So it's like a, the suicide idea. But all of them, number three, Robbie. Number four, Pooja. All of them didn't feel quite right because weren't they, they from didn't. Bodhi's imagination? They were from her imagination. Five was the theory where Bodhi herself somehow did it. Number, I was like, come on. That one kind of freaked me out. I was like, For oh my us, God. There was a little bit. There was a seed in my mind that could have bloomed that was... Bodhi did, did it? Did she do yeah. this? I was expecting a major plot twist at the end, which Same. we'll get to, but I liked that. Okay, so number six, Ari. Number seven, your wife. So Denny's wife. Number eight... Denny himself and then the last one was Robbie but she she does Robbie in the beginning so she does Robbie twice when did you know that it was him like did you have any idea I had no idea that it was Robbie me neither I thought it was Denny same she set us up that way the entire book and it was you and it was you you you. and then we find out what a predator he was Uh 
and how he's done this to other people and which is so disgusting but he's not off clean like he didn't kill her but he was still disgusting and like and that's part of the dynamic that is what i thought was profound about this book is there were so many subplots and like we talked about there were so many themes covered and one of the major themes is like men getting away with it yeah and even like, if you weren't the one to murder he got away he with assaulting a minor yeah it, there was something in the end. Yes. It was like he he prepped the body. Like, like they worked together. Yeah. You know, like they're both just as guilty. Absolutely. It's disgusting what they did. Yeah. And, so I didn't, I, I had no inkling. I thought it was Denny. And it was interesting. She was so into the podcast. Another subplot and another major theme is people at Granby, people at the high school not wanting this podcast to come to fruition because they didn't want it to hurt the school Ugh. it becomes about the school it becomes about the money it becomes about Reputation. the boys Bodhi wanted justice and Bodhi was going to get justice and she did something that reminds me of that on page 235 it says as humans have intuited since the dawn of time blaming the problem on someone outside of your circle takes the problem far away and they blamed this horrific crime on omar and bodhi was not okay with letting that go no she knew it was not him we need to talk about how devastating it was that he spent his entire life in prison for a crime he did not commit. And that's this the white ass town let it That's happen. the racial piece of it. And I, I do think it was daring of Rebecca as a white woman to cover mm. this. I do. And I, I think there was a lot of, there definitely was a lot of nuance in this book that we'll yes. talk about. But this was a million and one percent racial. Totally. This was racist. And she called it out. And she called out, like, that was such a big piece of the book of of and you wanted him to get this justice but in the end he didn't, he didn't. but i and it left us very unsettled but i think that was that's the, the reality though that that was yeah. the whole point that's the reality and again the racial piece is so 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 important how black folks are unproportionately imprisoned compared to white folks and what they did to get omar was they knew he was selling weed which is not a big deal but they were like so we know you're selling weed and if you don't confess to this murder we're gonna get you for murder and drug charges yep. and he's like okay and he confesses and it's all white cops he's at a school where he is the only black person and these men cannot deal to look at their colleagues as someone that could have committed this crime so they point outward well it was easier to point the finger at omar especially considering racism and they also used the trope that's horrible and such a misconception of the angry black man yeah of the he uh, this black man was in a fit of rage when, commonly happens when so his character was never like was that not he was like joyful that at all. he was always the one like playing games with the students and being cheerful like it did not fit his character yeah so the, that the theme in this book of yeah the, the black man was pinned down for this despite him not doing it happens so often in our society like i said they are so disproportionately incarcerated and they will get a much, much harsher sentence yeah. than white people who have done the exact same thing. And it's fucked up. And she does 
go there with this book and and the end is like you said it's the reality i know but it it really it was like i was thinking like awful. the whole time i was like we're working so hard we're working so hard like something has to happen like we have to get through this like we have to get omar out everyone's working hard the podcast they're investigating they're digging and i was just waiting for this payoff and for it like, didn't come yeah i remember putting the book down and being to keith like that's it. i i hate this but then i was like this is what happens right like and let's also acknowledge our privilege as two white women talking yeah. about this, right? Like, we're not even directly experiencing this. So this angered us. And yeah, imagine totally. how much it impacts people who are really affected. And not, like, I think the racial piece also speaks to protect the white man at all costs. Yeah. And that's what it was, protect Robbie. I believe, and I, I strongly believe, that even back then, some of the kids knew. Skizadi or whatever his name was who 100%. took the photos that night, he wanted those photos thrown out. Robbie convinced all of them to stick together boys club he brainwashed them. it was the he, boys club he called a meeting and was like this is what happened this is what time i got there so they wanted to protect their white friend over this person who was completely innocent not just someone that stole a carton of milk no someone that killed, killed someone. someone and that's what society does society does want to protect the white man at all costs and that was a major theme in this it really book. was it especially when it comes to like she i think she was referencing brett kavanaugh specifically oh 100 and it also talks about how one of the most poignant things for me was when men come out and they talk about the awful sexual assault that has happened to them at the hands of priests, they are applauded. They're not asked, why I didn't you talk you about that. this sooner? I sent you that. A woman talks about assault that happened 15 years ago and it's, why Why'd didn't you, you come? so long? Yeah, why didn't you come forward sooner? That also highlights the devil standard. And sexual assault is awful regardless, of course, but it, there is such a devil standard that if men come forward, it's brave and it's thank mm. you, even if it was 30 years ago and the woman does it and it's, you must be lying. You just want attention. Why do you wait so long? Yeah. I mean, the assault in this book is rampant i mean everywhere Dor- dorian that guy who assaulted Bodhi, disgusting okay this part really messed me up so the place where Bodhi grabs i think it was Bodhi grabbed her and carlotta is that who it was hold on yep they're carlotta's boobs. boobs and then later carlotta gets cancer in that breast and Bodhi was like i knew this man poisoned her he groped her he was he he assaulted her like it's ridiculous what he did and nothing happened they said nothing there was no consequences oh, so much of that happened we find out that beth had sex with her partner that i think was coerced i don't remember it correctly yes, and it was being recorded when they were watching like it was a movie that is assault and beth finally came to realize that at the end of the book and a lot of people have words now for experiences that happened 30 years ago and were assault again the talia bingo card what I did find was interesting, and I did want to note it, was they also kept a journal of men's dicks. Yes. So that also wasn't right. No. And I know that that's, it's hard to contend with, right? But I, I think that that was some of the nuance in this book. Yeah. I say it today. If we don't want men commenting on a woman's weight, or we need to stop commenting on men's height, whether or not they're bald and how big Absolutely. their penis is. Absolutely. Because that affects them. Women are... Again, disproportionately marginalized compared to men. So I'm not comparing the two. But I did think it was interesting. And Bodhi recognized that wasn't cool of us. Mm. To, to pass around a journal with men's, like, dick sizes yeah. and things about their dicks also wasn't okay. I mean, the high school, it's bullying. Like, there was so much it bullying. Is. And and I, I have some, not for all of them. I have some compassion, like, for Bodhi even. You know, she said, I'm sorry, Beth, I spread that rumor. I was part of that. And that happens in high school. Yeah. You know, obviously, sexual assault, I don't 
at all condone and I don't have compassion for those people but high school years are tough in general yeah I mean it, for a lot of people about it, they're the worst I, I never want to revisit you no know, me neither we and we, I was unkind in high school yeah I, I mean, know all, that I was you want to like try to fit in you want to like be cool you want to impress and it, it it's like we were talking about in lessons in chemistry like you put other girls down because you think there's only one yep. spot at the table it's exactly it let's talk I, about Jasmine we gotta get into it speaking of double standards we have Jasmine comes out of the woodwork with this performance piece and accuses Bodie's ex-husband Jerome of assault and grooming. That was a very interesting situation because Bodie obviously holds a lot of rage for women who are assaulted and she's very much so advocating for the Me Too movement and she simultaneously didn't find the situation problematic. Yes. The situation was that Jasmine was a 21-year-old, worked at an art gallery and Jerome was 36 and was an artist and they started dating. And then I guess years later, she comes out and says it was grooming. It was predatory. And Bodhi says, well, it was two consensual adults in a relationship. She's the one working at the gallery. Wouldn't she technically have the power because she could rep his art? And it, it was it, it was so nuanced because even at the end, Bodhi says, we start by believing woman. And Beth says, well, it's really interesting. You do believe woman, but you didn't believe the woman that came out against your husband. But also that was her husband. Like, it's, it's, it's so nuanced. hard. It's so nuanced. And it's so hard to be like, oh, this person who I've loved for so long and is the father of my children could have done something like this you know what I'm right saying? and I think like it it was meant to highlight nuance I think that that storyline was kind of similar to her at least dropping the mention of like the dick thing yeah like how like both sides both sides right and it's hard because I don't think we can necessarily say if it was like right or wrong I think we needed more information totally. about it I think that naturally 21 is is a lot younger than 36 yes but it isn't 16 you know, like it's like what that when, is what made it so difficult. When is the age where you can like have and there's no set. Yeah. That's like the gray area. That's the only the person nuance. that knows is the person. But then also, what you were saying is like if everyone's gonna come out and be like this is assault, then it's watering down cases of actual assault. Right. If it wasn't, and of course if it we believe woman, but this this one was sticky. You know, and Bodie had a hard time seeing that, and she tweeted it. It was super sticky for her. I think because she was close to it and she was trying to reckon with that. I don't think a 15-year age gap is always problematic. I do think 21 is a lot younger than 36. Yeah. I When I was 21, I dated like a 30. Actually, I think he was like 32 or something. And I look back and I wonder why he wanted to date me. Like I was, mm. I was such a baby. I was so naive. Mm. And I wouldn't touch a 21-year-old now with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, your life experiences are just so You're just so a baby at different. 21. Granted, people can fall in love. I do recognize that. And I think that's where it's not like a one for one. And who are we to say? Yeah. Right. But I think what you're saying about like if they're 36 and they are trying to get at you and you're 21, like maybe there just is a power difference because of age. Yeah. I mean, the power difference. Even if it's not intentional. Yeah, not intentionally manipulating you. But if they are that old and they are a man in power and like they are established like there just is a power difference it just exists there just is they could yeah. they could be like not intentionally grooming you or like not intentionally like assaulting you but there is a power difference for instance scott disick comes to mind yeah right like he's like 40 something and he constantly goes after 18 and 19 year olds that's icky. gross that's icky. and it reminds me of i went to lunch with a friend and her friend was there he's like a 45 50 year old man and he was going on a date with a 23 year old and my friend asked him why are you doing that and he said have you seen woman my age so i also think she was probably speaking to i think a lot of the 
times men want to date younger women. Totally. Now, grooming is the term for when pedophiles groom minors. Like, she wasn't a a minor. And I think the author was intentionally trying to show that nuance. But that was really sticky. Yeah, because the performance piece, like, she might have not been representing exactly what was happening 100% truthfully. But I do think that it was her experience of it. Was hurt and felt taken advantage of in some way. And I I can see that. I mean, 21 and 36, you just are. It's consensual for sure, but you yeah. also just you're naive. You're a different world. You're a like, baby. Truly different you're worlds. so naive at that age. Yeah. But it didn't that storyline didn't get wrapped up. Yeah, it didn't get wrapped up like a lot of things in this book, and it kind of just left me like, oh, what but that happened? was the purpose, probably. I know, I know. It was done really beautifully. Like I haven't seen a book explore so many subplots all at once that all fit together and left you like what's the right thing you still don't know what's right and she acknowledged cancel culture how did you feel about Bodhi being canceled (sighs) cancel culture I hate cancel culture I hate it and I but that's the nuance too because I think that Harvey Weinstein should be canceled I think that was part of the nuance was like calling out the extremes of each thing there we go yeah the absolute extremes where does it begin where does it end Mm -hmm. and how to like find a place in the middle that is like an okay place to be she lost her podcast she they lost all these sponsors it's wild he his you know which again I'm not gonna be that person that's like this promising young man his life but yeah yeah she called attention to that and I get the sense that the author is not about cancel culture maybe that's just me but that was also very nuanced of yeah of course the Harvey Weinsteins and the disgusting predators should be canceled but I do think sometimes we take it too far and we destroy the lives of people she accidentally liked something and, and got, that yeah. was and also she it. she didn't wasn't the one that did anything this was just her ex-husband that she commented by, on why is she being canceled there we go and it's interesting i've seen two people on instagram one of them her name is clementine morgan talks a lot about not liking cancel culture and there's this other one one of them was canceled for previously having engaged with an abuser when she didn't know he was an abuser so having that association sometimes with someone it looks like you are you know, you're guilty by association. You're perpetuating it. And so her life also got ruined. Wow. Yeah. This book had so much. It had so much. And like balance was key. It's like she had me back and forth on topics that I thought I really knew how I felt about. She had me going back and forth throughout the entire 430 pages. Yeah. It was a very different book. I haven't read a book like this in a long time. Yeah, it was it was dense in a good way. Like a lot of a lot of themes were discussed. Totally. We're starting a new segment, Fuck, Mary Kill, yeah. obviously. We're in high school. We are 12 years old. Who would you fuck, Mary or kill? Okay, so just a disclaimer. My OCD is making me say this. I am happily engaged and I wouldn't actually have sex or marry any of these I people. I knew it. You knew my OCD. Like, I felt like I had to say that. I could watch it. I literally could watch it happen. Speaking of, sign up for No CD. This podcast is made possible by NoCD. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure and response prevention, otherwise known as ERP therapy, which is the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed, specialty-trained therapists, and they accept most major insurance plans. To find out more about NoCD, visit NoCD.com to book a free 15-minute call. (laughs) 
anyway how dare you call me out that's what it that's what i get for doing this with a therapist she literally calls me out as i'm doing it okay so i would have relations with i'm gonna say that because it makes me feel more comfortable with jeff i thought he was so sweet and he was such a good friend to bodie and i love that they ended up getting together and he was like sweet during high school too and then he he really was and then they ended up hooking up ah! and bodie didn't even tell us she goes oh yeah that's none of your business i'm like okay bury Shook. the lead you Shook, go girl Bodie. work 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 and then she like lays his head her head on his shoulder in court i'm like oh my god i love this i would marry alder are you grooming when he's grown up okay? love that when he's grown up he fair, was fair, fair. he was smart he was a sweet hard worker went to a good school but he's funny he would always text Bodie and like he was the comedic relief oh. and then i would kill robbie because he's a piece of shit and i can't believe he got away with literal murder murder and i feel nauseous thinking about him living his life out in the world while he has just killed someone with his wife and kids Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what was that passage okay so it was toward the end of the book and she was looking at him in the ice cream store just playing with his kids feeding them ice cream and she thought to herself i've never felt so sick in my life that i am watching a murderer interact with his four-year-old daughter giving her ice cream and that happens Just walking free i literally tell my therapist that is my worst nightmare is dating or marrying someone who is a predator and you don't find out until later on Ugh. it's scary to think about it and it happens way more often than we think it does who would you fuck mary kill i feel like a lot of these characters weren't super likable for me probably on purpose though probably on purpose i had a hard time like i didn't even like Enough that I didn't like Bodhi. Something put me off about her. I don't know what it was mm. exactly, but I had a hard time answering this question. I would marry Geoff. Jeff. Geoff. It's Jeff, obviously. Sounds like Geode. He just seemed so sweet. He was into her in high school. He seemed sweet in high school. He just seemed like one of the only like genuinely good guys. So sweet. <laughs> so sweet. And That's why I picked him, too. He was available, and she said, no, we'll get into that. Yeah. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but if I had to, I think I would fuck Yahav. Okay. He just sounded hot. He did sound he hot. He was Israeli. Sex, but like you said, he was giving her breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. And that made him all the more that was exciting. Like, she just wanted the chase. Of she course. Ne- we'll get and to that. And the validation that comes from he actually fucked me and it doesn't last. And the highs and lows of like him actually seeing her every Right. He months. just sounded hot. Yeah. So this is hypothetical. I want to kill Robbie, obviously, and I also want to kill Zenny Block. It's absolutely predatory. It's so fucking disgusting that you are having sex with and grooming these high school students. You ruin their lives. You go on to keep doing this. You are married as well. He's going to go. fucking sick. Okay, and you, you should die. You kill Denny and I'll kill Robbie. Boom. So that was our first segment. Then we're going to do another segment that I really like, and it's called Allegra Therapizes. I'm going to therapize a character. A character. And I would really love for you to therapize Bodie, especially okay. her relationship with men. So, oh, we have so much here. <laughs> Bodie therapized herself, which I loved. Yes. And obviously is in therapy. She needs a lot of therapy. First and foremost, I think that the trauma she experienced growing up certainly informed her view of the world, informed her coping, informed how she relates to people. We talked about this early on. I think that her mom, I think that the mother wound there is so, 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 so big. Fresh. Yeah. And it's deep. And she had to technically, but not technically, be adopted by these people. Yeah. And they sent her to high school. Her own mom wasn't present for super important moments. And I think when that happens, it naturally makes us believe that we are the problem, that we are not worthy enough. Mm. 
that probably had something to do with her chasing unavailable people like she was trying to correct what happened during childhood and sometimes we can do that where we want to recreate traumatic experiences and we almost want to master it that's so spot on with Bodhi. that's exactly what she was doing and she said it herself she always went after unavailable men kurt cobain for god's sake right like people that she's never gonna get this is not me and dom by the way so i don't want anyone to think this is my life so anyways Always goes after unavailable men, (laughs) goes after Yahav, the guy in school that she thought she'd never get. Mm -hmm. And she said that she did that because she always knew it wasn't going to work out. Like subconsciously knew. Right. Maybe not actually, but... And then if it didn't work out, I think she said something like, it was them, it wasn't me. Yeah, and it wasn't as big of a letdown. Because she already knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So it feels safer to go after unavailable people because somehow you already know. You're already gonna be let down and you know that even if it's subconsciously it feels a lot more risky and vulnerable to go after someone who is available because then you could get your heart broken yep and she was self-sabotaging yeah she was massively self-sabotaging i also think Bodhi had a raging eating disorder let's just call it for what it was i mean kept commenting and it was the subtle drops and i love that the author did that they set bread down on the table and she says like i'm not gonna eat it yeah and she's and she describes her friend as like hoarding the bread into her mouth as mm. if it's some like mm. she ate a piece of bread babe like we can eat bread it's fine bread is bread, bread is good day. carbs are great i love bread and but then i think she was with jeff at the end and ate pizza with him i know but i think that, that she healing. had to be like i'm gonna let myself she said i'm eat. gonna let myself eat what i want babe that's what we should be doing every single day we should be listening to our bodies there mm. is something called intuitive eating you might need a new therapist to help you with that and i also think that the eating disorder was a way for her to control things externally when she felt such a lack of control over other things like her family the adoptive parents being sent to boarding school not fitting in at boarding school controlling food and controlling her body was something that she could control everything was about control and order yeah. from the very beginning for her yeah but she had a raging eating disorder and i felt really bad and i think it's a mix of that did happen in the 90s and mm. i mean it still happens now and kids are horribly mean to fat people but i think that there was something more than it just being a teenage body image issue i think yeah. she had an eating disorder 100 percent Bodie, there is help Bodhi, we love you, Bodhi. So on to our third segment. That yes, we're gonna do. so you're gonna you as the actress extraordinaire. Even though you were cheated out of an Oscar last weekend, I'm gonna call the Academy. You are going to <laughs> cast the book. Yeah, Tell so me who you would cast. I'm gonna cast like three or four of the leads. Bodhi, I'm gonna give to a Jennifer Lawrence, Shailene Woodley kind of type. Like, wow, she's like a raw, gritty, determined, troubled, a bit dry, funny, sarcastic. To be honest, Allegra, I would cast myself as Bodhi. I was waiting for you to say that. It's <laughs> like fuck Jennifer Lawrence, Aaron no, Comer. Jennifer Lawrence, I love no, her. we love her. I'm just saying, like this is your role, babe. I know. I kind of feel like step I step up, nail, own your power, nail this role. So if you're casting this movie, I'm ready to step in. So Thalia. I would do like a young Mila Kunis because they said she had like dark hair dark eyes and she could really capture like the beauty and depth of Thalia Talia I really think that Talia is like idolized as this like she was gone too soon character and Mila has that beauty Denny Block I would give to Penn Badgley you right okay now i see it so he has like that dark disturbed teacher going on and i could totally see him perfect yeah he'd be perfect i mean have you seen this season of you i haven't it's really like the character he's playing there he's a creep he's a creeper teacher and i'm like 
Oh, my God. I'm going to give one aside about him. Okay. I love that he just recently... I don't know that I agree with this for everyone, but he will not be doing sex scenes on camera anymore because he said that he really values fidelity in all relationships. Oh. Yeah. He's, he said in you, he said, I no longer am doing any kind of sexual intimacy. I value fidelity with my wife, and I'm not even doing it on camera. I thought he kissed someone. Isn't that wild? I think this is, it's in the newer episodes. He like just came out with this a month ago. That I could talk about in another episode. I I would love to hear your thoughts. Because part of my OCD would say like that's cheating. No, it's not. I don't know. I don't think it's cheating. Yeah, but of course your OCD says that. But he wrote, but now he's not doing it, which reaffirms that it is cheating. I think that that's where values come into play. And I think Mm. for him, it's a value thing. And again, speaks to the episode it's sticky it's so sticky and it's so nuanced because sometimes unfortunately people do fall in love with co-stars when there is that pseudo like intimacy you know but also a lot of the times it's a fucking job it's a role and you're not even going there whatsoever i do not think that's cheating you are playing a role. You're I playing a character. I view it as my job. and That's so it. It's your job. And it's like, it's strictly aligned. Like I've had part, I don't think I've had anyone I've had on screen intimacy since I've been with Keith, but I have had many boyfriends that get like super jealous. And I'm like, yo, this is my job. Like, right. It, it, there, and you take all of the emotion out of it. And there's an intimacy director for that. So anyway. Thank fuck there is now yeah. because there didn't used to be. I know. It's really important. The I haven't even seen it in full, but blue is the warmest color mm-hmm. I heard was horrendous on set two lesbians and i think and they like there are sex scenes and apparently that is known to be like one of the worst (gasps) sets for those two women yeah so i love that sets have that now because they they didn't used to they must i mean it's so essential otherwise like a line will be crossed i learn all about this through my actor friends oh my god yay yay but yeah that's that's interesting that Penn did that i think he would be perfect for denny just because like you look at him and you're like oh we can trust him but then he has that darkness and he's he can be you know what's wild though is i think i've thought about denny this whole time as like a 50 year old white man and like glasses and suspenders they said he was like 30 i know and it's that's, weird because to those kids, he's like 50s to us. There we go. Yeah. And I think that that also was totally purposeful. It wasn't just a 65-year-old male teacher. It was he's 33 and she's 17 and it could look like, no, it's absolutely still predatory. But I just pictured him as this like gross pedophile. Yeah, totally. But you're right. He was like a 33-year-old man. Yeah. And it God, but 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 now thirty three when we were sixteen feels like ancient. So old. I like I said when I was twenty one and I was dating that thirty two year old. I look like I literally look back and I'm thinking, what did you see in that? What there? It's it feels so old. Yeah, it's not. And Allegra's like a fetus. She's like. No, she's not even 30. I, I don't want to talk about it. when you send me the gif of the fetus. It just really soothes my anxiety. That's how GIF? I'm coping this week, everyone. Robbie, okay. and I don't know this actor's name, but the guy in Scream Queens who plays like the frat brother. Have you seen Scream I've Queens? I've never seen it. He's like all American, like but like a big asshole. I feel like that is who Robbie will play. Like blonde hair, blue eyes, like can get away with anything. Skier. I like that. <laughs> and it also reminded me of, there was the money aspect and the privilege that we didn't talk yes. about either. And Robbie was apparently apparently yes not very wealthy and whatever but even says something if you grew up skiing like you're of a different breed yeah people just assume that you live in mansions and you have a lot of money so money was touched on i mean i think rebecca did an extraordinary job touching on all of these things and i think it was brave like i said to pursue these these stories and these themes because 
maybe this is reaching, but I think some people would say, like, is that your story to tell in certain regards? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think she did it very gracefully. Yeah, because she told kind of both sides yeah, in a way. absolutely. And, like, who's to say that she's not a white savior? I don't think that she is. But, you know, coming in and yeah. telling the story about incarceration, like, that that was brave of her because yeah. I could see someone saying, why aren't we listening to a black author who's talking about this? Yeah. So there just was so much nuance, and I think she handled it really well. I think, like, the word I would take away when I think of this book in a year would be nuance. Like, yeah. it just, like, th- all of the different levels in which she explored all these subplots and right. themes. A lot of subplots. Oh, yeah. we got to rate it. I think, and I really, really enjoyed it, but I, I think I'm going to give it a 4.3. I love a slow burn of a book. I love it to not like hit me over the head in the beginning, like Colleen Hoover, LOL. But I just really liked how Colleen she developed. Hoover, I just caught that. How she I'm- just developed these characters super slowly and didn't rush anything. And she dealt with a lot of really sticky subjects all at once while being really masterful in the way she told this story. It could have gone wrong in many ways. And I think she did a really beautiful job. Could have and taken she- a turn. And she left us with a feeling of unease, which was purposeful. purposeful and I thought it was brilliant what would you yeah. rate it as a writer i'm wanting to think of like what i would rate it as a writer versus what i would rate it as a reader you yeah. know i'm gonna go with 4.2 okay 4.3 i think that she's a very strong writer i want to read the great believers Same. it was a pulitzer prize finalist we, we should add that. i can already say i don't think this book was that caliber but i do think that she is a very skilled writer yes. i think that some of the craft choices were very unique it just if it, it, the pacing felt off at some points and It felt a little bit too obvious. But again, who's to say that that was not the whole point of it? Like this should be smack in your face. And it doesn't make sense because sometimes the obvious still doesn't make sense. Yeah. And we're getting into like decimals. So like these are very small deductions. Yeah. That's also an OCD thing. OCD things. We love you, 4.3. But I want to read The Great Believers. I heard it's phenomenal. We've had really good books so far. We have. And next week we are doing Allegra's Choice. Oh. So sad today, Melissa yes. Broder. I'm a Melissa Broder ho. I've never read any of her I books. I love I'm Milk so Fed. Definitely my favorite book of we hers. We have to read that too. And So Sad Today is an essay collection. So we haven't done essays yet. That'll be very essays. interesting. And we can't wait to see you again next week. Love you, sad girl. Bye. Bye, Sad Girls. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe and follow our show. It's the way that we can get the word out about our Sad Girl podcast and more Sad Girls can find their community. And if you'd like to follow us on other platforms, we're on Instagram at Sad Girls Who Read and TikTok at Sad Girls Good Books. We love you, Sad Girls.